This message is a product of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. We thank you for engaging this conversation. Messages like this one are great resources to help us grow, but they cannot replace being a part of a local church. If you're not actively a part of a church, we encourage you to find one near you that fits you, visit it, and get involved. And we hope this message gives life to you today. Enjoy. Well, what's up, everybody? It is going to be good for the next few minutes. Just get ready. If you don't have tissues, I'm sorry, okay? Because you're going to be moved. Today, we are hosting our five by five, five speakers, five different speakers, literally, in each service. And around a five-minute message from each, I promise you it's going to be so very very good. Now, let me introduce those who are speaking in this service. First, John Mike Sell. John serves as our campus pastor. Uh, we love John. John does so much work behind the scenes. He's been here since day one. He was one of those families that on our launch day 11 years ago showed up. And man, we've been so blessed by his service. My sister, Regina, is here. We don't look alike. Please don't tell us that, okay? She's not me with hair, okay? I don't want that. Nobody says that, okay? She's one of the smartest. Dr. Regina Simmons, she's one of the smartest people I know. She's a, a brilliant leader, and we're blessed to have her as a part of our church staff. Stuart Mabry, okay? If you don't know Stuart, you're going to know him today, okay? You just get ready. Uh, powerful testimony. Stu is also one of those people almost 11 years ago that showed up our church, at our church very little experience with church and God has really moved in his life. He serves as one of our leads in our production ministry behind the scenes. And today's his first time stepping in front of the lights. Okay, so we're excited for that. Uh, Lindsay Toole, who serves as our children's pastor. Lindsay's actually, I believe, my oldest friend. Okay, so we, we're, she's my first cousin. And uh, I, we were pen pals in middle school. We used to buy those long-distance phone cards, you know, to call each other. You remember those things? Before you actually, just long-distance calls were just calls, okay? We, but, but she's a blessing, such an incredible leader and person, maybe the most encouraging person. Well, I don't know. You two may tie. Just the most encouraging people I know. Uh, Jen Barker, who is uh, really on our executive leadership team. Jen uh, leads our guest experience team, is a phenomenal phenomenal voice for our church. She's just such a leader. And they're going to see they're they're going to each just kind of come up and, and share and so I'm going to get out of the way and let this start. Y'all get ready? Get ready to take some notes, but get ready to cry a little bit too. Y'all ready? Welcome my friend John to the stage. Thank you Pastor Kevin. As you said, my name is John Michael. I'm one of our campus pastors. I'm excited to get this thing kicked off today, but before I do that, I just want to give honor where honor is due and just say thank you to a few people in my life. The first one is Pastor Kevin, not just as my pastor, but thank you for being my friend. You have such good influence in my life and in my family's life, and I'm blessed to have you a part of it, so thank you. The next is my family, my wife Erin and my son Colton, my daughter Cameron are here. I couldn't do what I do without their love, without their support, so thank you guys for just encouraging me, for being such a blessing to me in my life. And my mom and dad are here. They flew in from Florida. Thank God they survived the hurricane this week, flew in, be able to spend a few days with us. And as I share my story, you'll see the influence that my family has and has had in my life. But as I get started, I just want to start with this simple statement that without Christ, 
I was lost. Without Christ, I was lost. And I was more lost than I thought I was. And I want to take you on a little journey. So let's go way back to the late 1900s. Back around 1995 when I was in middle school. My dad was pastoring a church in New Jersey. And I was a middle school student. So like some of these boys up here playing today, that's about the age I was at that time. About the same age as my son is now. And I was your typical middle school student. Had a lot of energy. Loved to play sports. Maybe a little bit competitive. And I loved video games. All right. And I know some of you younger kids in here may not agree with me, but the NES, the original Nintendo, best system ever made. We can debate that later, but the best system ever made. I still believe that. But at that age, there was something that was starting to happen in my life. And I began to get in trouble a lot, especially in school. And I was heading down a path that was not healthy for me. But one Sunday, I was sitting in church hearing my dad preach which I had done hundreds of times at that point. And he was preaching on a message that I had heard before. And you see, I, I loved Jesus at that age, but I didn't truly know who he was. And as I sat there and listened to my dad preaching on the story of the prodigal son, and I'm sitting in the second row about right here where Amanda's sitting, and for one of the first times ever, I was locked in. But just to give you a quick backstory of the prodigal son, he was a father, he had two sons, he was a wealthy man. And his youngest son wanted to venture off, he wanted to start his own life, and he told his father, I want my inheritance. Which basically meant, I would rather you be dead, give me the money that belongs to me, and I just want to go party. And the father, as loving as he was, gave his inheritance to his youngest, and he took off. And he was, he was living the high life. He had a lot of friends, partying a lot, but eventually that money ran out. And he realized that those friends were not friends. They abandoned him. He was broke. He was looking for a place to work. Ended up in a pig pen. And eventually eating the food that the pigs were eating. And I want to pick this story up in Luke 15 in verse 17. It says, when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father quickly said, Bring the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. And I knew in that moment that I had wandered away from the Father. And whether it was just a little bit or a long way off, Jesus is going to be there just like that Father waiting for us to return. And since that moment, I love to say I haven't wandered off since then, but I have many times. And every time, the Father accepted me back with open arms, was there waiting for me and ready. And you may be wandering today. You may have stepped away from God's calling in your life, stepped away from the purpose that God has placed on your life. It doesn't matter how far you've wandered, God is going to be there. He's going to be waiting with open arms 
and he's going to celebrate when you return. And without Christ, I was lost. But in Christ, I am found. I have a family, a heavenly father that is always going to be there. I am found because of my heavenly father. And this influence in my life I have seen through my parents living this out. You see, two years ago, my parents retired and pretty much this weekend, two years ago, they stopped through here from Pennsylvania on the way to Florida and I got to share the stage with my dad. Even in retirement, they are living out the life that they have set as the example for me, showing me and pointing me back to Jesus. And even still at 42, when I have problems, one of the first people I go to is my parents to ask for their advice. And every time they point me to Jesus, every time they encourage me to return to the Father, to go back to the love that Jesus has for me. And my goal today is to do the same thing for my kids. Because throughout their life, as they mess up, I want to be there to encourage them and point them to the Father and remind them that you can return to the Father and every time He's going to be there. Because once you experience that, you want to tell everybody about the love and the forgiveness that Jesus has given you in your life. And you want to share that with everybody. So today, I just want to encourage you that if you're feeling lost, if you've wandered away from the Father, turn around and go home because the Father is going to be there. He's going to be at the gate and He's going to be waiting and He's going to run out. And he's going to wrap His arms around you. And he's going to love you. And he's going to welcome you back into the family. Thank you. Hey guys, uh, my name is Gina Simmons or Regina Simmons. You can call me really either. Um, and I get to serve at Vortex in a variety of capacities. I get to plan our events and work with our small groups. And I just want to start today by, by thanking everybody that I get to, to serve and do church along with. You guys really have become family. Also want to thank Kevin, my brother. He's been my brother my whole life, my whole life. He's been my pastor for about 11 years. And that makes this relationship more interesting every day. Uh, and I wanna thank our parents. Um, my mom and dad, Alan Rose, they've been here since before day one. Uh, they'll greet you with a handshake or a hug. Um, and without them, we wouldn't be. So, so we're just grateful to them. Um, <clears throat> I wanna tell you about who I was without Christ. And, and I was a hypocrite. I was a hypocrite. Um, I think back to my days growing up and I would constantly call myself a Christian and I did nothing in my life to reflect Christ. You know, there's a difference between thinking you're a Christian and living your life as a Christian. And I thought I was a Christian, but I lived a lot of things through my head, right? I could memorize the books of the Bible and know the words the Apostle Creed, and I could say it, but it never connected to my heart. I didn't know it. And I think back to my teenage years, and I caused a lot of strife in our family and I caused it because my whole life was focused on me. I, I manipulated, I, I, I lied, I cheated, I did everything I could to get what I wanted out of situations. And life progresses until I'm about to graduate high school and I'm working at Pizza Hut 
down just outside of Charleston, South Carolina. That's where we lived at the time. And I'm working there, and there's this guy. He's a shift manager, and he, his name's Tim, and he invites me to go to church with him, which is actually really impressive because I didn't like Tim. We didn't get along. And I thought it was pretty gracious of him, at least in hindsight, for him to invite me to church with him. So I come home one day, and I tell my parents, hey, I'm going to go to church with Tim. And they said, where does Tim go to church? And I said, oh, it's in a movie theater. And they said, is that a Christian church that meets in a movie theater? I don't think any of us knew that this is where we would make our church home for the last 11 years. But I go to church with Tim that day, and I've thought about this a lot. I don't know Tim's last name. I don't know the name of the movie theater. I don't even know the name of the church. But I know the scripture that the pastor taught on that day because he was talking to me. And the scripture is this. It's Revelation 3, 15, and 16. And it says, I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. And I could wish that you were cold or hot. So then, because you're lukewarm and you're neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. That, that's an intense scripture, y'all. I was 17, and I knew that that was describing me. I was lukewarm. I said I was for Jesus and did nothing to live for him. My life didn't reflect that at all. And in this scripture, it says, I would rather you be fully against me than to pretend that you're for me. And I wish I could tell you that that day I walked out and I made Jesus the center of my life, but I didn't. I continued to live in my pride. And Kevin comes home that summer to work at a church. And that summer, there was a lot of conflict in our house. And looking back, I think I was the source of that. And I realized as that scripture just sat on my heart that God wants all of you and not just part of you, right? He would rather you be against him than to pretend that you're for him. And that's where I was living. I was living in this lukewarm reality. And the summer progresses and we live in our conflict and Kevin's preaching and he invites me to church. And again, much like Tim, we probably weren't getting along at the time. And so a very gracious for him to invite me to church. And Kevin preached that night and he didn't talk about Revelation 3:15 and 16, but that whole night that scripture was coming back to me. God wants all of me, not just part of me. And that night, Kevin, Kevin makes an invitation and I surrender my life to Christ. And what I know is that I didn't walk out of there perfect, but in Christ, I am constantly growing. Like, I don't have to be perfect. Because Jesus is perfect, right? He's the author and the perfecter of our faith. And so, imagine if you're living where I was. If that connects at all to who you are where you've said one thing, but you've lived it out differently. Imagine if you're there. And then imagine if you surrender it all to Jesus, that you find that peace and joy and love. Imagine that and think about that today as you walk out. Thank you. Well, hey, everybody. I'm Stu Mabry, and I'm one of the production leads here at Vortex. 
I'd like to shout out to the production team. Thank you for everything that you do. Um, I'd like to thank Pastor Kevin. I'd like to thank him for being a friend and for believing in me enough to put me up here today, even though I don't know if I believe in me enough to be up here today. I'd like to thank my family, my wife, my wonderful wife and kids, my mother. I'd like to thank them for just loving me and supporting me, even though I've not always made that easy. I'd like to start today by saying, without Christ, I was broken. My parents divorced when I was very young. <clears throat> without a father figure in the home, I was forced to grow up at an early age. My mama, did, my mama did everything she could for my sister and me. And I don't want us to come across as I don't appreciate what she did. She did the very best she could with what she had. As a child, I went to church some. Didn't ever much really care for it. It was just something that we were supposed to do. The lack of a male role model in the home forced me to seek validation elsewhere. I soon figured out that my friends were where I would feel at home and part of a group that would support me and maybe make me feel not less than. As I got older, I did whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted. I partied all the time. I drank, I smoked, I used and sold drugs for many years. If I wanted something, I would just take it, sometimes literally. I really had a problem with authority. I've been arrested a few times, I was expelled from school in the ninth grade, and I quit high school in the 11th. Even though I was becoming a man, I was immature and selfish. I didn't think about how my words or actions affected others. I have even stolen from people that I called friends. I would worry my mother sick when I would stay out all night, even though she had clearly told me to be home by a certain time. She is literally the sweetest woman I know, y'all. I just didn't really care back then how the things I did affected the people around me. I thought that doing as I wished would somehow make me happy, but no matter what I did, I always felt that something was missing. Can I just press pause for a second and say that when I think about who I was or what I've done, I carry some sorrow. When I came to Jesus, I repented for that, and I want to take a moment right now and repent to you if you're in the audience or if you're watching. I want to say that what I did was sinful, and I want to repent. The word repent means to turn around, to turn from. You might be wondering, why would you do that, Stu? Why would you do that now? I feel like there's a need to not just sometimes repent to God, but also to the people that we have hurt. James 5.16 says, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you might be healed. In the past few years, I've been on a journey to be healed of the things that I've done, and this is a part of it. I need to repent. If you're here or if you're listening, I repent for what I've done. It was sinful. I acknowledge that. I've repented to God, and God has changed my life, but I wanted to take a moment to repent to you as well. It wasn't until I was in my 30s when a friend invited me to attend church that God began to start putting together some of the broken pieces of my life. It took me a while to warm up to the love and grace of God because I thought I had messed up too much or was possibly too broken to fix. Shortly after, my wife Jenny and I were married and began looking for a church to become our church. That is when we found Vortex. Vortex has absolutely changed the trajectory of my life and my family's lives. There may be some of you here today that greeted me on my way in 10 years ago. Some of you may have helped create the environment that made me feel right at home on my very first visit. 
Since being a part of this church and sharing relationships with so many great people, I have grown so much. A great deal of the best people I have met in my entire life are hearing the sound of my voice right now. I love and thank you all. If I can just say one thing, no matter how bad you may think you have blown it or how broken you may feel, know that God can make you whole. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old is gone. A new life has begun. I started this by saying, without Christ I was broken. But in Christ I am made whole. He filled the void that, was, that I felt when I was younger and tried to fill with the, wild things of the wor- with the things of the world and wild living. In Luke 15, Jesus tells three parables about something being lost. My favorite is the prodigal son. There is a moment when the son realizes that he has squandered his riches with wild living and is so low that he thinks even his father's servants have it better than he. The son returns to the father expecting to have to earn his favor, but all the father wanted was to have a relationship with his son. Sometimes in life I have felt like the prodigal son and that I have to earn my heavenly father's love, but I can't earn his love. God just wants me to be in relationship with Him. He has slowly made me feel that I am worthy and that I have something that this world needs. As I stand before you here today, I am not where I want to be, but by the grace of God, I am not where I used to be. I just want to how about let's just give God some glory for what he's done in Stu's life one more time so proud of you oh my heart's warm all right y'all I'm as pastor Kevin said I'm Lindsay Toole I serve here as our children's pastor and he is older than me pastor Kevin so he's literally been my friend all of my life maybe you know it's a little different than the other way around, but but I just want to say some thank yous to um, one to Pastor Kevin. He believed something in me a long, long time ago. I thought I could be a great greeter, and he said, "I think you can be great in kids." So, thank you for loving me and trusting me. Um, it's been an awesome journey. Um, I also want to thank you. If you're a Vortex Kid volunteer, will you raise your hand? I know there's some of y'all out there. Y'all are rock stars. Our kids' ministry wouldn't be as good as it is if you weren't a part of it. You are amazing, and I'm so thankful. And, hey, how about parents? If you're a parent and you have allowed us to take care of your kids on a Sunday morning, we wouldn't have kids' ministry if it wasn't for you. So thank you for showing up and and trusting us with your kids each week. And, And lastly, and really so importantly, I need to say a big thank you to my husband, Chris, and our kids there here. Um, we don't, I don't do this alone. I mean, he could sleep in on Sundays a little bit longer, but we get up and we come and we do this together. And I couldn't do it um, without you and, and you loving me through it. I mean, the enemy works really hard on Sunday mornings. I'm not going to lie. Today was one of them. But we are here together. So thank you. I love you. And um, just thank you for believing in this journey. Um, and I'm going to go into my story. So like John, um, he said, without Christ, I was lost. And if you've ever been there, you know that it's literally like one of the hardest places to be. Imagine being out of state. 
headed to an airport, you have a timeline, your GPS just stops working, and you're like, oh my gosh, where am I going to go? I have no idea where I'm at. I've been there. It's awful if you have, you know it too, but maybe it's not just physically lost, but maybe it's it maybe even it's spiritually, it's really, really a hard place to be. And I want to take you back, kind of tell my story of how I landed in that lost place. See, as far back as I could remember, I was, I was that kid who wanted to, to seek approval, to fit in, to be seen, to be accepted. And for the people that were around me, that probably wasn't a really bad thing. See, I was an athlete. I was going to be the one that worked harder than anybody else. I may not be the best, but I would be the hardest worker. I was a good student. Yes, was going to do all the extra credit I could. I was going to do well. I was a good student for my teachers. And I'd like to say I was a good daughter. Um, I did my chores. I didn't talk back too much, but I also had a brother who was getting in a lot more trouble than me. So maybe that's why I didn't get in trouble very much. But I was a good daughter. And then, y'all, something changed. I went to college. And imagine being in a place where you're away from all that you've known. Um, Your friends, your family are not with you. I wasn't really prepared for what was next. See, remember, I'm alone in a new place, and all I've really wanted to do is ever fit in. Unfortunately, that led to me making some pretty bad decisions. And what I mean with that is that literally depending on who I was with in any moment determined who I was going to be in that moment. And I didn't see what was coming after that, and that was the lies, the hurt the deceit that would come with all of that. And it was mostly towards those that loved me the most. And this season spiraled for me for about two years until literally I find myself across the country in Germany. My grandparents um, had blessed me and Gina. You you know, we're cousins. So they blessed us with this trip to Germany. And I, in that trip, realized how completely lost that I was. Literally questioning, who am I? See, I thought I was this good girl, but really, I'm no good at all. And I honestly didn't recognize who I was. And I had this overwhelming sense of panic coming over me that I was never going to be able to make it back home to make things right for those that I cared for. Y'all, I was just straight up lost. And I would love to say that I remember word for word the conversation that Gina and I had on this day during our trip. See, she loved Jesus. (laughs) And I wanted so badly what she had. And she probably had no idea what she was doing, but Jesus used her to save me that day. And while I don't remember the conversation, I'm going to read a verse to you today that that highlights the realization that I had for the very first time. So let's go to Ephesians 1.5. It says that God decided in advance to adopt us into his family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Y'all, for me on that day, I realized that God in advance, meaning before the world, Before I was born, before all of the bad decisions that I had made, God had already decided to adopt me into his family. I mean, even with all of my mess-ups, God still accepted me just as I was. I didn't have to be anybody else to him but me. 
And it's something he wanted to do. He had already decided it. All I had to do was allow Jesus into my heart that day. And I did. And in that moment, I felt a peace that I had never experienced before. To realize that I alone am enough. To feel and to know that there's absolutely nothing in the world I could do to make him love me any more or any less. To know that he chose me. Well, that changed my life forever. Because in Christ, I found acceptance. And I want to encourage you that he loves you and he accepts you into his family just the same way. You know, I think we all kind of seek some approval, some, you know, positive recognition in our lives. But the caution is in that, is that if we seek our acceptance in the worldly ways, we can find ourselves in that same deep lost place that I was. Being whoever it was that someone else wanted me to be, losing myself in the process. But there's good news. And I want to leave you with that. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter how broken you feel. It doesn't matter how lost you are. Or maybe you've even ran so far away from God. You're like me and you don't know how you're ever going to make it back. God wants you. He's already decided it. And that love is never going away. So just like me, please know if you take nothing else away from my talk, it's that He's already chosen you. You just have to let him in. And you alone are enough. Thank you. Well, good morning. My name is Jen Barker. Uh, As Pastor Kevin said, I'm just going to move that. Um, I get the opportunity, incredible privilege to lead our guest experience team here. Do me a favor real quick. If you were greeted, high-fived, hugged, maybe even uh, greeted with a holy kiss on your way in, will you just give a, a round of applause to that team that did that? That was for you guys, team. Um, It is a privilege to lead you. Uh, You make it all so sweet and all so fun. Um, I also want to thank Pastor Kevin and Amanda. Um, You guys, by saying yes to Vortex and the call that God put on your life, you have given me and my family a place to call home, a place to grow. Um, You've allowed us to live out our purpose and we are so very thankful for that. You've also given us a church family to love and to be loved by. Uh, Mom and Dad, you're sitting in the front row. I just want to say thank you. I am standing here right now because of the seeds that you sowed uh, into my heart and also the many prayers that you've prayed and continue to pray. Uh, and my family, Brian, Mason, Caleb, Levi, thank you. We do ministry as a family. And I know sometimes um, it's not always easy, but you guys are always there, and you are evidence of uh, prayers that God has answered of my own. Uh, so I got to hurry and get through this real fast because I thought I was going to be able to borrow their time, but they talked too long. But without Christ, I was rebellious. So I grew up in a Christian home, 
my parents held on to that promise in Proverbs to train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is older, he will not depart from it. Y'all, they did all the right things. They took me to church. They read me Bible stories. They prayed with me. They prayed over me. I got to watch them walk through some really tough seasons with their faith, clinging to their faith to get them through it. And you see, through all of those influences, I made the decision at a really young age that I wanted to follow Jesus too. And that meant I was all in. I got baptized. I went to youth retreats and summer camps. And I even taught a bunch of preschoolers Sunday school because nobody else did. (laughs) But uh, like every time the church doors were open, my family and I were there. But around age 17, something in my heart shifted. And I gradually started to lose interest in all things related to Jesus. And if I can be honest for a minute, really following Jesus felt boring. And it felt restrictive. I mean, I had to live by somebody else's rules. And really, I was coming into a place in my life where I just wanted to make my own rules. And now what I realize is that I was really borrowing the faith of my parents while I was growing up. I believed, but I had no roots to make it my own. And I want you to listen to me real clear here because you might connect with this, but borrowed faith will never sustain you. Borrowed faith will never sustain you. I mean, why do we borrow something? It's usually because we need it for a short amount of time, really fast, but we don't want to invest a lot of money into it because we don't need it long term. Personally, I think about like baby things, like you need a walker right now to keep them occupied, but you're not going to need it in six months. You're going to need something totally opposite because they're running around. Well, faith is the same way. You can borrow it from a season, for a season from your parents or your spouse or your friends or maybe even your pastor, but borrowed faith will never sustain you through all the ups and downs of life. You have to make it your own. You have to make it yours. So here I was in college living on borrowed faith and a heart full of rebellion. The further away from God that I got, the more I craved it, y'all. And it was evident in everything I did. Every decision that I made, the friends that I hung out with, the things that I said, the things that I tried. But here's the thing about rebellion against God. It won't sustain you either. Rebellion against God will never sustain you. I remember sitting in the living room with some of my friends, and they uh, had actually been my youth pastors here in Albemarle, but God's really cool like that. He aligned us in a, a different city at a different time for a reason, and I was just unloading on them all the bad decisions that I had made and just how empty that I was feeling and in that moment he looked at me in my eyes and said Jen who are you going to love more are you going to love this world that you're chasing after or are you going to love Jesus because you can't love both and y'all I wrestled with that question for months 
In fact, I still wrestle with that question at times. But as I wrestled with it, something in my heart started to change. I started going to church again. I started actually reading my Bible for myself. And when I had questions, which I had a lot of questions, I asked them. I joined a small group. And the thing was, is as I started to pursue Jesus more, I started to realize that he loved me more. I started to trust him again. I wanted to know what his plans were going to be. And I wanted to follow those rules now because I, I knew he was protecting me. And I found freedom in those rules. So I started to come back to the Lord and I started to make my faith my own. And there's a verse in Jeremiah that resonates with me in this. It's, my wayward children, says the Lord, come back to me and I will heal your wayward hearts. Y'all, here's the thing about God's word. If you surrender your heart to it, he will sustain you. Without Christ, I was rebellious. But in Christ, I am surrendered. And friends, I have to choose surrender every day. My plans, my attitudes, all of it. So if you're sitting here today and connect to any part of my story, I want to ask you, who are you going to love more? What would happen today if you choose to surrender your heart to Jesus? instead of the world that you're chasing after. Thank you. So let's put the thread together. You've heard a lot about before Christ and then in Christ. And one of the most common things you've heard today from those that are speaking is that Without Christ, I was lost. To be lost means I have, I have no compass. I have no direction. There's no anchor into my life telling me which direction to go, what decision to make. The thing is, is that there's something broken in the hearts of man that wants independence. We resonate with the perspective that Jen had, that following Jesus feels restrictive until we find out that doing things our own way only leads to hurt, regret, brokenness, despair. I believe that in this room there's some of us today I need you to rethink this for a second. I need to surrender. Okay, the, the thing is, is that in, in the South, so many of us want to assert that, well, well I'm, I'm saved because I, I made a decision at vacation Bible school when I was six years old. But there's nothing in our lives that looks surrendered to Christ. But it's not just that overarching decision to surrender our lives. I mean, I can say this as your pastor. That God still walks me through seasons of surrender. Some of us need to surrender our marriages. Need to surrender our kids. Surrender our health. 
surrender our hearts. Just because you made that decision. Jesus said, no, you take up your cross every day and follow me. It's not a one-time decision. It's an everyday decision. And it's progressive in its nature. You might feel lost in your marriage right now. I know some of you do. Lost as you're parenting. I don't know what to do or lost in your emotions or lost in, in, in your career or lost in a decision. As a Christ follower, we don't cowboy up and try to figure our way out of it. We surrender. And in humility, say, God, I need you to lead me out of it. I got a feeling that there are some of us who need to surrender today. It might be your life. It might be your marriage. It might be your career. It might be a decision. It might be your kids. I don't know what it is. But I know that He knows what it is. Thanks for listening. This podcast has been a production of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. For more information on our church, we encourage you to visit us online at vortexchurch.com.